I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would, with me, please. I will have you stand for the reading of Matthew, and I, because of the length of Daniel, I will allow you to sit. Let's have a word of prayer. We thank you today, Lord, for the privilege of being in your, in your service. And we thank you that we don't just attend church, but that we are the church. It is our prayer today that we will be the body of Christ, the church of God, And that we will worship, bless, magnify, and give you all the glory and the praise. We thank you today that you have allowed us to gather in this place. And we thank you that you have allowed us to be able to even put names on the list to be in prayer for this coming week. Thank you for your marvelous blessings. Thank you for the difficulties of life that allows us to trust you more. Thank you for those that are persecuted, even in the Lord, for great is their reward, for theirs is the kingdom of God. We love you today, we bless you, and we thank you for your righteousness. We give your name all the glory and the praise, for you are worthy of praise. Thank you again for being the Savior, being the King. We will always remember, help us to always remember to give you glory in Jesus' name. Remain standing as I read chapter 5 of Matthew, verses 11 and 12. Then I'll go to Daniel chapter 6. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You may be seated. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 6. While I will only be dealing with just a few verses, I think I'm going to just begin reading. I may read the, I was planning to read the entire chapter. I still may. But I'm going, to, I'm going to just read and if I feel like I want to stop in between, I'll do that. But right now, just begin with me at verse number 1. The translation on the board will be a little bit different. It will be from the King James or the ASV, the American Standard Version. So I'll be reading from the New International Version, NIV. Daniel chapter 6, beginning at verse number 1. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was a trustworthy, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone 
who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the, the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Ten. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any man, God or man, except to you, O king, will be thrown into the lion's den? King answered, the decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, for or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Verse 15, rather, verse 16. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Verse 19. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. <laughs> My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he trusted in his God. I'll stop there. Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are the persecuted. Part two. This is the eighth beatitude that we have said we were making into nine. There are eight beatitudes, John in Matthew chapter five as we've been reading, but we broke out the last one because as we said last week, the eighth beatitude, when it says blessed are the persecuted, was blessed are them or those, making it more general. And today we look at it being very specific. Blessed are you, the Bible says, when you are persecuted. And people say all kind of all manner of evil against you. So today we align the story of Daniel with this beatitude. Character makes a lot of difference in life. 
Last week we saw the character of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in refusing to worship the false gods in the land of Babylon. And not only did they refuse to worship and bow down to the false god, they refused to bow to the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had made of pure gold, 90 feet high. The insults described in our reading in Matthew are personal. And no matter what you may go through, the Lord knows how to reward you for everything that you go through and that people may say against you for his name's sake. As we mentioned, some people are being persecuted because of things that they've done. And they've saying, people are persecuting me. Everybody is against me. Well, what have you done? The Lord says, blessed are you when people persecute you because of me. Last time we saw because of righteousness, which is really one of the same, because the Lord is righteous. The Lord knows how to give rewards to his people. And I want you to understand this. When God gives rewards, and now even though this is at the end of my sermon, I'm going to throw it, put it at the beginning and give it to you now. When God gives rewards and says, your reward will be great in heaven, you need to understand that the rewards that are given on the earth are temporary. They actually deteriorate over time. But whenever God talks about giving you a reward in heaven, it will be perpetual, it will be eternal, it will never fade, you will never get tired of it. Just like you give your kids that toy, and then the next day they've thrown it to the side, they are already tired of it the next day. When God gives rewards, you will be, you will be having that reward throughout all eternity for the things that you've gone through that God has given you a reward for, and it will never fade nor, nor spoil. We're going to look at one main point, and then under this point, we're going to look at different parts of it. Point number one. Under a new administration, but persecution still alive and strong. Under a new administration, but persecution still alive and strong. Daniel, as you know, has been taken from Babylon by the king Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar II was a, was a ruthless man. He, 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 would take, he would take life and think nothing of it. When King Nebuchadnezzar in the new Babylon took over regarding the architecture and the structure and the building, none like it. He was a very powerful king. When you look back over Daniel's chapter 1 through 5, you get some of the history of how the children of Judah and Jerusalem came to be slaves in the land of Babylon. Uh, Daniel was given the name Belteshazzar, Mishael, Azariah, Hananiah, given the name Shadrach. They were given Babylonian names. And even though they had been taken from Judah and taken 500 miles to Babylon, they did not forget to serve their God in a foreign land. Today I can tell you that people are willing to give up God because a few people are talking about you. 
I have not seen so many people quit the church because somebody said something about them. And yet, even though you may say, I can't stand getting to go to work, you will get yourself out the bed, throw your clothes on, and pout and go anyway. But when it comes to the Lord, they looked at me wrong. I ain't going back to that church. Only God can be quit from a person looking at them the wrong way. You see, when people look at you, I think we tend to forget that people are people. Wherever you go, people are people. On the East Coast, every church has the same problem. So once you decide you're going to leave from this church and go to that church, you get my point. I'm leaving this church because they, they've been talking about me. Well, guess what? They're going to have more people over there, more people to talk about you. The Lord says, blessed are you when people slander you. But get this, because of me. Everything can be taught in school today but Christ. Everything can be taught in school today except creation. Everybody that says coming out the closet and the Christian is going into the closet. How are you going to let your light shine if you put it under a bushel? Put it under a bowl. You've been called to allow to let your light shine. Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, they were not willing to deny the king of glory. And they said, we're going to serve God. Remember this. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And because he could not remember the dream, he told his wise men, I want you to tell me what the dream is. And then I want you to interpret it. And the wise men said, okay, king, tell us the dream. I don't remember the dream. You wise men, tell me what I dreamt. And I can imagine they probably went, King, tell us the dream and we will tell you what it means. The king said, you just stalling for time. I know you about to, you're going to try to tell me something because you're trying to stall for time. You better tell me my dream or it's going to be your head. King, there's no king on earth. That would ask what you're asking, and there's no God, no man that can tell the king what he dreamt. The Bible says King Nebuchadnezzar got so furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men, which would include Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All of them. And the Bible says that when the, the commander that was sent out to, to, to kill them, Daniel used wisdom and says, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Why? Well, he had a dream, and nobody can tell him what it means and what he dreamt. And so he's ordered the execution. Would you take me to the king? And so Daniel was taken to the king. And he said, King, would you give me a little while to tell you what the dream was, and I'll let you know. The Bible says the king well, we know the king gave him, chance, gave him time because the Bible says he left the king's presence. And then he went home and he called his three friends. You see, when it comes time to taking care of business, you can't go to people who can't get an answer through to God. Your partners that you've been hanging out with back in the day, you don't go to them when you got a real problem. 
I, I, I got people, when they got a real problem, I get called at times. Pastor, I got a problem. Uh, Pastor, I need to talk with you. And, and when we look at what God does, Daniel went to his friends. He says, friends, I need you to call out for God to have mercy and to give us an answer. Because Daniel says, I don't want to die with them. Don't think Daniel was all the spiritual. I'm really to go. He said, no, I don't want to die. Let's pray that God will give the answer. I know some of y'all brave. Nothing scare y'all. Some people go walking right in there. I ain't scared of nothing. Bring it on. No, nah, no, nah, Daniel says, I don't want to die. And the Bible says that they prayed and the Lord gave Daniel not only what the dream was, but gave him the interpretation. And the Bible says when he told the commander, the commander hurried and took Daniel to the king. And Daniel interpreted the dream for the king. And as a result of that, Daniel was elevated and given a place of honor. And at the request of Daniel, the king also raised up his friends because they prayed with him. And the Bible says, if you look carefully, that when he spoke to the king, he says, the Lord gave us the dream and the meaning. You see, they, Daniel was willing to give honor because they worked with him and prayed with him for the answer. You see, there are people today that will partner with you. And they need to be recognized for their effort. So we have Daniel. And, and, and then Nebuchadnezzar had another dream. I'm trying to hurry through this part here. He had another dream, and I'm just going to just cut this part very short, but where there was a tree. It could be seen throughout the world, he said, and all the birds of the air would come to the branches. It was full, and all the animals could eat from the fruit. It was huge. And then there was a voice that said, cut it down. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar was greatly concerned, and, and he called Daniel. And Daniel said, as he sat there perplexed, didn't want to say anything, the king said, Daniel, don't be afraid to tell me the dream. Daniel said, if it was only about the king's enemies. But the Lord said to Daniel, the dream was, King, you are that great tree. You are that, that king of kings. You are that big tree that, that everybody basically is under. You rule the world. But King, you got a problem with pride. Repent, King, before it's too late. The Bible says, when that angel says, cut it down, but leave the stump that was of iron. Leave it in the ground. The Bible says there was 12 months later when King Nebuchadnezzar was walking on his palace. And the Bible says that he was saying, isn't this the great Babylon that I have made by my power, by my might? And the Bible says the words were still on his lips. When a voice from heaven came and said, basically, (laughs) the dream is going to be fulfilled for seven years. You're going to be just like a wild man out of his mind. You're going to eat grass like the animals. You're going to go insane until you recognize I'm the king of glory. It's right there in the word of God. You can read it. At the end of seven years where his, the hair on his body was like the Bible says, like the feathers of a bird, of an eagle. 
His claw, his fingernails had grown like claws. Then he looked up to heaven and gave honor to God. And the Bible says, and his sanity was restored. And at that time, his officials came to look for him. And the Bible says he was not only restored to the position, but he had even greater honor than before. God can use anybody in any situation that he wants to bring glory to his name. I don't care how crazy this world gets. How much they talk about the church. God is in control. He's got the final word. And King Nebuchadnezzar came to recognize and to realize that there is no God but God. There is no one but the King of glory. He's above all kings, all gods. He's the one and he's the only. Then quickly, a little bit later, boy, my time is going. Nebuchadnezzar passes off the scene. And there were a few kings in between. Evil Merodach was Nebuchadnezzar's son. He ruled briefly and some others. But then you come to chapter, at the end of 5 into 6, and you see that Belshazzar, it says, the king's son, but it's actually his grandson. You see, when it uses son at times in the Bible, it can be any family relationship. Because the father of Belshazzar, who was on the throne at the end of chapter 5, his father's name was Nabonidus. Nabonidus was ruling, was a, the king of Babylon, but he had left and was ruling in another place and his son was a co-regent. So when you look carefully, the Bible says anybody that can interpret the dream or the writing on the wall of, at the end of five that we did not read will be made third ruler or third highest in the kingdom. So that meant it would be Belshazzar's father, him being second, and Daniel will be third. Daniel said, keep your gifts. I don't need your money. I don't need your gifts. What had happened? When the children of Jerusalem or the children of Israel were taken captive, Nebuchadnezzar went into the temple after burning it down in 586 B.C. They took the articles and they took the goblets out of the temple and he took it to Babylon. Well, Belshazzar, now not Belteshazzar, you got to look careful, Belteshazzar was Daniel. Belshazzar, who was ruling at the time, was having a party for a thousand of his nobles and says, I have a great idea. You know, sometimes when people drink, they get a little lively. When the spirits hit, and I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, it would be great. Somebody go get the goblets out the temple so that we can drink from them. And the Bible says they brought in the articles of God from the temple. His wives, his concubines, his officials drank from God's goblets. And the Bible says that the fingers of a man's hand appeared and started writing by the lampstand, meaning, meaning, teko, tiko, parson. The Bible says when those fingers started writing on the wall that Belshazzar immediately became sober. Immediately, there was no coffee, there was no cold shower, that brother became sober immediately. 
You can't tell me a person can't not, a person can't sober up immediately. That's living proof. And the Bible says his knees gave way. Imagine a hand writing on the wall. Your knees give way too. If you didn't run out the building. <laughs> and when the hand wrote, the Bible says that he called all of his, tell me what it says, tell me, I'll give you gold, I'll give you this, I'll make you third ruler. Tell me, the Bible says none of them could tell him what it was. And the Bible says the queen said, king, don't fret. There's a man that was here when your granddaddy was here. The spirit of, of the gods, because they didn't know the Lord, they called him the gods. The spirit of the gods is in him. We know the spirit of the Lord was in him. He'll tell you what it means. They called Daniel, and he came in. And Daniel gave him a lesson. He said, uh-huh, you knew about Nebuchadnezzar when he lost his mind. What happened? You knew about all these things. You knew the history. You, you knew about this, and yet you would not humble yourself. I'll tell you what the writing says. Keep your stuff. I don't need it. Daniel goes to Babylon as a teenager. Now he's an older man. Over 60 years approximately has now passed from the time of when Daniel's there and the time that Belshazzar's on the throne. Basically, your days are numbered. You've been found wanting on the scales. And your kingdom is given to the Medes and the Persians. The Bible says that night, that night, not only was he killed, the Medes came in, even without a fight, and took over Babylon. That night. Then we are now with what we read in chapter 6. I'll soon be done for today. I had not planned to go through all of that, but that's where the Lord led me. And we'll be done within the next 12 minutes. In chapter 6, there's a new kingdom that's come in who is now Darius. But Darius is coming to the kingdom, and Daniel has found favor. Under this point that we've mentioned, under a new ministration, but persecution still alive, I want to give you three, three points under there dealing with persecution. The elevation prior to the persecution, number one, the elevation, that's the elevation it's in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Number two would be the evil plan for the persecution. And I'm not going to be able to finish this today. I'm going to have to come back the next time. And Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M, selected as the target for the persecution. The first one, again, the elevation prior to the persecution. You'll find that in Daniel 6, 3. The evil plan for the persecution, Daniel 6, 4. Number three. Elohim, which means God in the Old Testament, the Hebrew name, but God. The elevation prior to the persecution. Daniel so distinguished himself because he was willing to serve God, even though he was in a foreign land. The elevation of Daniel to a higher position was not because he sought to be elevated, but his service was so much recognized as unto God by King Darius. That King Darius says, man, because of who you are, because of what you represent, I want to make you administrator over my kingdom. There were administrators, three of them, that were placed over the satraps, which were like governors. And he said, uh, uh, I'm putting you in charge. And because of how Daniel handled his business, the Bible says he planned to put Daniel over all the administration, even the ones that the other two, 
Daniel was going to be in charge of them. And they didn't like it. And so there's an elevation that happens in this persecution. He's elevated to a high place. And here Daniel is, came in as a slave, served God faithfully. And here we have him being elevated, and we've got a group of angry people talking about him. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to just deal with this point, and we're going to have to pick up in a couple of weeks with points two and three later. So that's what I'm just going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to take my time for this. I'm not going to rush through this part. I'm just going to deal with this first one here before we come to a close for today. You see, everybody cannot be trusted with the same thing. When you look at the life of Daniel, you find, there's, you find no history of anything that Daniel had done wrong. When you look at his life and talk about lessons of life, you don't find areas where Daniel didn't do this, he didn't do that. When we look at the life of David and some things that he's done, and yet he still had a heart for God. When you look at, look at Daniel, da- Daniel was a man where you don't find the Bible talking about all these faults. Daniel was a man of conviction. He was a man that was given honor even when he wasn't seeking it. And he was willing to use his gifts for God even in a foreign land where he was served, serving as a slave. Daniel's integrity caught the eye of, a king, of King Nebuchadnezzar and it caught the eye of King Darius. And because of Daniel's integrity, those kings who did not even know God recognized Daniel because of his diligence. Wherever God has you at work, wherever God has you in service, you should serve with excellence. You should serve with a desire to please the Almighty God. So what if people are talking about you? The issue that God says, you are blessed when people say all types of things. Why? Because of me. If they see Christ in you and they don't like it, the Bible says you've got a reward that's coming. There's a blessing. You see, the world says the other thing. The world says, man, you do everything you can to get to the top. Pull them down, drag them down. Do whatever you need to do to get to the top. Everything goes. Talk about them, lie on them. But Daniel was a man of integrity. He wouldn't do it. I, I told you all this. When I was, I was preparing for my license, my marriage and family license, therapist license, I was given a test by someone to cheat. I was tempted to look. But, you know, I took that into my office and stuck it in the drawer. I was, I was a young man. And I thought about it. But I said, no. I, I know. I would know. I said, Lord, you brought me this far. I'm going to trust you to get me through. Now, at this time, they had a written and they had the oral. A third of the people, a third of the group, would pass the oral. It was hard to pass the oral exam. It came time to take the test. I never took the test out the drawer. I never looked at it. I never opened the drawer to look at one question. Not only did I pass the written and the oral on the first time, which is the oral is rare, the person who gave me the test who was sharp as a whip 
failed the orals. Everybody was surprised. I thought to myself, thank you, Lord. Now, 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 now get this. On the day that I had the orals, it was over in San Francisco. I thought I had blown it. You know when you, 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 you thought you didn't say this and all of a sudden you come out feeling pretty good? By the time I told you this, by the time I got from the hotel to my car, I was like this. <laughs> Walking back to my car. And the unfortunate thing is you had to wait six weeks to get the results. That was torture. We, 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 we had a service that afternoon. I came to the church that day. And there was a, I forgot what service it was. I sat in the back and I was just miserable. Because I knew I just blew it. But when the results came in, I, my, my, I, I was over and over. I said, I said, honey, tell me, tell me, tell me when the, when the paper comes in. Is it a large envelope? If it's a large envelope, that means you passed. If it's short, that means you didn't. I said, I said, she said, if the envelope came, I said, oh, open it, don't open it. <laughs> no, God, no, no. Is it large or is it small? It's small. Oh, Lord. It's small. Yes, like nine and a half by eleven. That ain't small. That's big. <laughs> Open it. Congratulations. <laughs> Torture. <laughs> I imagine the Lord was having fun. <laughs> but when we think about the integrity, we have to be people of integrity. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. People of integrity. People a purpose that no matter what comes, we're going to stand. I'm going to pick up here in a couple of weeks with this same passage here. We're going to finish this next time. But I want you to know that persecution is not your enemy. You've got to be a person of character and integrity. And let me say this. If you are going through something right now, Sister Michelle was saying, everybody has things that they go through. Remember, when you go through difficulties, it goes to show what's really there. It proves and it lets you see what's on the inside. In order to be made into what God has for you to be made into, to be made to have the blessing that it speaks of in the Beatitudes, the Bible says, blessed are you when people talk about you. Persecute you and say all manner of evil against you. The Bible says rejoice, and we'll deal with that the next time. What that word really means. In this place today, as we can prepare to pray and dismiss, don't, don't, don't be distraught over what you may be going through, but use it as a way to give God the glory. It says, God, whatever you're taking me through, whatever people may be saying, let it be because they're talking about me because of Christ in my life, because of righteousness. The Bible says you're blessed. Lord, in this place today, we thank you for your grace. And whatever tests, whatever things that be, may be happening and that you allow into our lives, may we be people of character. May we stand still that the glory of God may be seen. We recognize that our reward will be great, for we will have heaven. It will never fade. It will never, Lord, spoil. It will never diminish in value. We thank you right now that we can trust you. Ah, for when we are able to be with the King of glory, 
all the rewards that we will have um, throughout eternity, worshiping the King and, and thanking you for all that you've done. Um, even the little things that we go through now, they don't even compare with what glory is, uh, what God has prepared for us. We honor you today and bless you for your goodness and your kindness. Strengthen us today and keep us in your marvelous care. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.